2: Six, five, four, three, two, one. The Philadelphia Eagles have reached the NFC Championship game.
3: The NFC title game. Welcome on in. Sports Radio 94 WI. Paggio Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494 on what is going to be an incredible week here in Philadelphia. The NFC Championship game is here in South Philadelphia coming up on Sunday night. And we have a whole week to get to that matchup and everything about it. I can't wait for it. But I'm still in celebration mode here. And really... I'm still in reaction mode and and just over the moon on how the Eagles played on Saturday. That is one of the most dominant playoff victories we will ever see in any sport. Like that that was as close to perfect football as you will ever see. And and Friday night I I sat here and I I thought it could happen. Now I didn't think they'd win by that much and do exactly like that. I mean that was that was even more than I thought that they could accomplish Saturday, but I didn't fear this Giants team and I thought the Eagles could run them out of the building and they did that but the way they did it on Saturday and with the efficiency they did it on Saturday that was off the charts 215-592-9494 that's how you hop in and react here and really I'm I'm, I'm curious how everyone is feeling out there because this I, I just I want to say it and, and I heard Ike say it to Jordan to, yeah and he was telling it from a player's perspective obviously in the player's lounge but I, I think it is a it, it's something that we should think about as fans. You know, I a few minutes ago in the Players' Lounge, down at Chicken's Peace told Jordan not to take this for granted, right, to appreciate this, to kind of take it in and, and appreciate the moment. Because, you know, that's – obviously, they work really hard to get there, and it's, it's tough to get to these spots. But as fans, like, we got to soak this in, too. This doesn't ha- – like, what we watch Saturday does not happen very often, where everything is in tune in a playoff game. I mean, there were morons out there trying to make the case the Giants were going to win this game. I mean, seriously, people actually thought the Giants could win that game on Saturday. And the Eagles didn't just beat them. They embarrassed them. Like, they made them realize how far away they are from the Eagles' level. And the, the number one takeaway I had watched Saturday was how well coached the Eagles are. We've spent an entire season... Talking about how Howie Rosa did an incredible job building this roster and he did. And we talked about Jalen Hurts taking a leap and he did. And we talked about all the pro bowlers they had or pro bowl alternates and, you know, really, really, really good players in this team from top to bottom. We we talked about it all year from from the summer on. Like this team was loaded. I, I sat here in August and said they're more talented than the 2017 team 2017 team, and I meant it. But you know, talent only gets you so far in the NFL. There's been look at the Dallas Cowboys. They've had talent for years. Look at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills always oh, supposed to be the most talented team in the NFL. Well, they lost yesterday. Talent only gets you so far in the NFL. In the playoffs, and it's why the Patriots were champions all those times. Coaching takes you to a different level. Being on point takes you to a different level. And and what they did on Saturday. Like, you know, you, we talked about that bye week, what it could do for them. They didn't just get themselves back together. The Eagles rounded back into midseason form in the span of a week off. They took one week off. They got themselves healthy. You know, 21 to 22 starters out there. And they were on everything. The de- defensive game plan by Jonathan Gannon on, on Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday, was incredible. A Giants team that came in here with some confidence with a quarterback playing better, Daniel Jones looked like he reverted 3 years in his career on that field on Saturday. He was lost. A Giants offensive line that obviously was decent enough to get him to where they got got to was completely just bombarded with an Eagles pass rush that was relentless from the first snap of the game till the end. Sending blitzes at the appropriate time, making big plays in the secondary dominant that was just it was dominance the Eagles dominated a playoff game to the likes we may never see again I mean we could watch the Eagles the rest of our lives and never see them win a playoff game like that that was you know playoff games just naturally and I think we've gone through this with the Eagles basically every playoff game they've played for a while now nerve-wracking like can you think of an Eagles playoff game in recent times that hasn't been nerve-wracking Just go through them in your head when they lost to the Seahawks four years ago when Wentz got knocked out of the game. It went down to the end. I mean, they had a chance in the fourth quarter. It was nerve-wracking. I mean, by the end, it was Josh McCown out there, but it was nerve-wracking. year before that, obviously, they lose on the Alshon drop in New Orleans, the double doink in Chicago, the Super Bowl. The NFC I guess the NFC Championship game when it was also 38-7 but heading into the game nerve-wracking the Vikings scored first in that game before the Eagles you know ran off 38 unanswered game before that obviously against the Falcons when it was a very it was a nail-biter kind of game you go back what was their last playoff game before that what was 2013 against the Saints and that was a nail-biting game with the the special teams play at the end very close game uh, you go back before that, I believe it was, what, the Packers game in 2010? Like, you go back through the Eagles' playoff history over the years. I, I just reeled off the last decade plus. They're all, at at some point, you're nervous. You, th- this was the first time in a very long time where from the opening drive, the opening snap, it was over. The Eagles went down and scored, and then they just, you know, destroyed the Giants' offensive line and, and Daniel Jones in the second possession. Giants go for the fourth down. And it was it was curtains. I mean, the game was over within fifteen minutes of real time. I forget the clock. Real time, it was over. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. A lot of credit is, is deserving today. A, a lot, and we'll talk about it. We can give out some sort of evening show game balls here on this this night as we celebrate this playoff win. But I, I start with the coaching on, on Saturday because Jonathan Gannon's game plan was outrageously good, and everyone played their role perfectly. And then an offense, Shane Steichen had the had the Giants on their heels. Everything they everything the Giants did, the Eagles had an answer. There was always someone open. There was always time for Jalen Hurst to throw. When they dial up the run game, it got chunk yardage. And I mean, big plays, obviously, at the end, Kenny Gamewell with the game of his life. And then on top of it all is Nick Sirianni. I mean, Nick Sirianni here as the head coach of this football team, you know, Last year, he had one playoff game. But obviously, it didn't go well for him or the Eagles, and he had a great regular season. But this this is where coaches separate themselves from you know being pretty good to to where the, you know maybe becoming great. And we know Doug Peterson, you know he, he elevated himself to a different level in the postseason. Went to a different level there, and he's an Eagles legend because we did it in the postseason. Nick Sirianni had his team fired up but also with the ability to focus. And that, you know, young teams, and for a lot of these guys, young guys, right? Jalen Hurts and and Devontae Smith, and there's some young guys. But the ability to both be on point and fired up at the same time, to not commit mistakes, you know, to be as buttoned up as they were in a playoff game, that was dominance. It it just, it it was as dominant of a football game in the playoffs you'll ever see. At the half, I wrote some of these numbers down because I couldn't believe it. I, I was looking at, I looked at my, um, like the box score on my phone at halftime like this can't be real at the half they outgained the giants 258 to 64 the score was 28 to nothing at the half first time the eagles had an upheld opponent scoreless in the first half of playoff games since 1978 they had 18 first downs to 3 for the giants and they finished the game with the most rushing yards in a playoff game in franchise history uh, in the Super Bowl era, excuse me. The only, I guess, the only other one was like the forty-seven NFL Championship game, like a million years ago. That's how great the Eagles were. And let's not take this for granted. These kind of playoff wins almost never happen. They haven't happened with for the Eagles franchise. I, 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 we got to go back in time to think about when they won a playoff game. And and really, thirty-eight-seven, yes, five years ago to the day. But they were down seven to start that game. There was some nervous energy in the building. Playoff games are not supposed to be over in five or ten minutes. This one was 215-592-9490 for the hop in react. We'll give out some gay balls here. I'm I'm going with the coaching staff. They were, you know, I mean, when Jeff Lurie hired these guys, I, I don't know if he could have expected anything more. I mean, that that's as good of a job by a coaching staff. And it look, they were they had the better team. Obviously, the Eagles had the better roster than the Giants. So they were operating from an advantage. But we see it all the time. I mean, you saw it with Buffalo-Miami last week. Kansas, um, you know, Cincinnati and Buffalo. Just because you have the better team doesn't mean you run away in the playoffs. It, it doesn't always happen. The Eagles did. And this team is 60 minutes away from the Super Bowl. 2 94-94 to hop in as we give out some gay balls from Saturday night. And I, I just, Tucker, I still can't believe
4: how easy they made that look. Yeah, I mean, it was like watching... Alabama played Louisiana Monroe or, or Troy or one of those games. And, you know, I, I just, I, I can't even look at the Giants and point and say, well, that guy lost in the game. I mean, they suffocated the Giants yep. from the get-go, right? Like from five minutes in, I think anyone watching the game after they, on after that first drive and dallas Goddard scored that touchdown, I think everyone kind of nodded their head and said, well, this is over. There's no shot they have coming back here. And I think they crossed midfield like once in the first three quarters of the game. And they obviously tried to, to go for it there on fourth and eight. And son Reddick got the sack. But I give credit to the offensive line. I give credit to Jason Kelsey for shutting down Dexter Lawrence, a guy who I thought was the best interior pass rusher in the NFL this season. No pressures. No quarterback hits. No sacks. No nothing. I mean, a guy who is a game wrecker in every sense of the word, he didn't get a chance to. I mean, the Eagles' ability to flat flat-out shut down uh, opposing defensive linemen is something that I think has really carried them throughout the season, and it's something that I think heading into this week we're going to go against the guy who I think we all assume is going to be the defensive player of the year and Nick Bosa. If they're going to win, if they're going to beat San Francisco, they're going to have to do the same thing to him. Yeah, they've had a knack this year for –
3: and I – Say this is patriot-like. I mean, Belichick used to, has done this his entire career. They've taken the strengths of other teams and, and almost made them non-existent. Like Tucker just mentioned, the, the interior Giants defensive line with Dexter Lawrence that was the strength there it, it didn't even matter in the game. The Eagles, through their play calling and the way they ran their offense, and obviously you know a great player with Jason Kelsey up front, they took it out. It it didn't matter. Saquon Barkley is a great player. He didn't matter. Daniel Jones got better. His legs were a, you know a big part of his offense. This year. He didn't matter. No, nothing the Giants began to do over the last month or so, as and became a good football team, pretty good team, mattered because the Eagles just completely destroyed them from the opening snap. Offensive line, defensive line, everything was on point in this game. You know they, they you know they've they've often said they haven't played their best football yet. I mean, Jalen Hurts has a way of firing up his team and getting them to
4: believe whatever
3: he says. Can he say it? Can he still say that one this week? I feel like they, we just saw their best football.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine them playing any better. I mean, just did anyone have an off night? Did any unit struggle? Was there ever a point where he said, man, that that stunk. that was stupid? I mean, for 60 minutes, they whipped the Giants up and down the field.
3: Yeah, and it felt like they could have put up 55 if they wanted to. They obviously took their foot off the gas in the second half and ran the football 2 5 2 94-94. As we react, we celebrate. The Eagles just took apart a division rival. Although, oh, can you beat a team three times? They could have beat them by 50 if they wanted to. That was the kind of game, and we've seen it a couple times this year, where you feel like you're watching a championship team. Not a good team. Not a team that only has a chance to be in part of the Final Four. It felt like Saturday we're watching a juggernaut. That's what Saturday felt like. A juggernaut took on a team that was playing above its class. You know, anyone out there is an old-school boxing fan, there's a reason they separate the, the weight classes. The heavyweights, they fight the heavyweights and the in the giants were not a heavyweight and the eagles just smashed them for 3 hours. Brandon is in Hanover. Brandon's up on WFP. Hey Brandon.
0: Hey Joe. Yeah, just a great opener and I I just don't want to forget what an incredible roster like you were talking about this really is and and I'm I'm so glad you talked about the appreciation level because I I don't want to forget each rung of the mountain like Nick Sirianni talks about each step of the climb, but along with those steps, let's also not forget there's one difference compared to 2017, knock on wood. This team's pretty healthy mm-hmm. going into the NFC Championship game. Now, they in the playoffs, we all, always know that injuries are a great equalizer, and there could be injuries in the NFC title game, but let's appreciate how incredibly well the Eagles have managed this roster for 18, 19, 20 weeks, actually 20 weeks now. Folks, that's not easy to do. It's really not. And to have 21 of your 22 starters healthy entering the 21st week of the season is nothing
3: short of remarkable, you, Brandon. You're right, um, and and I think we, we shouldn't forg- We should be in the moment and, and appreciate this. We also should look back, Brandon. There was a lot of discussion here, everywhere in the summer. I mean, how Nick Sirianni and the Eagles run their training camp, right? And and they kept saying over and over, the objective is not to wear these guys out in the summer. And I, I don't know if they were certainly thinking about January thirtieth or whatever, but. I think in the back of their mind, they realize it's a grind, and we got to keep these guys healthy, rest once a week. I mean, Fletcher Cox gets a rest day, Brandon Graham. Like, whatever they've done this year, whatever formula they've come up with, maybe it's a little bit of luck, but it's it's worked. And,
0: you know, last, you know, five years ago, we had Chris Long and some Tim Jernigan, some of these guys on a one-year deal, and maybe at the end of their careers. Well, this this time around, we have Brandon Graham is not Chris Long, but – He's playing the role of Chris Long, just in a super sub-role. The, the Eagles are able to slot him in in the, uh, the second tier and rotating these guys in, and they're able to stay fresh, so they don't have as many snaps, but they're, I think, just as much, if not more effective than if they would be starting about playing about 50 snaps a game.
3: I think you're right. Brandon, and I appreciate the phone call, and I think you're right. Um... I, you know, I said it a few minutes ago. The Eagles have the most, ta- the deepest and best roster in the NFL, and I think that's that's shown itself all year. I mean, the, the Bills were thought to have that, and then they didn't actually have it in the end. Uh, and we can obviously we know how great these other three teams are. I think the Niners are right there roster wise, but I think the Eagles are the best, They're the best roster top to bottom in the NFL. But but it's it's twofold. It's not just like how he could put as much talent as he could find and fit under the salary cap and maneuver and and everything he did to put this team together. And it's why he's going to win the Executive of the Year. And I believe. Howie Roseman is is the biggest reason they're here, but if he, if the coaching staff doesn't use it correctly, it doesn't matter. I mean that that's that's the way this works. You give them all the talent in the world, if you burn them out in training camp or you don't rotate them the, the way they have. I mean Nick Sirianni, you know I, I I've struggled a lot during this year when it comes to the the credit for Sirianni because he doesn't call the place. So the one thing other coaches do, it's like, are what is like what does he do besides Have the team level headed, have them motivated. Like, what, what, like most coaches in the NFL these days have that specific thing. They call their plays, whether it be offense or defense. He didn't do that. But the, what he's done is he's pushed the buttons perfectly in terms of of the kind of the CEO of the team. You know, how he's given them this team and and says, go in with it. And he wins with it. And everything he's done from rest to preparation to their offensive scheme. To the way they, you know, conduct themselves on fourth downs, short yardage, you know, field goal or go for the touchdown, all that stuff, he he does it at an exceptional level. The Eagles are well built; they're well coached. They obviously have a drive that I think is led by their quarterback. I mean, it's everything; it's all there, and it's why this team is is one victory away from a champ. You know, an NFC championship. Doug is on the cell. What's up, Doug? Hey, how you doing? Great show. Thanks, Doug. What are you thinking tonight?
0: Oh man, I just wanted to. Uh focus on Dallas Goddard I mean how good is it to have him back and healthy well
3: he's a Doug he's a difference maker and and some uh, of those and that play he made I mean that kind of set the tone that catch the one-handed catch and then uh, rumbling into the end zone incredible
0: amazing and some of the you know the lesser recognized but blocking uh some of his runs the physicality that he exhibited is so good to have him back I mean I I think he's one of the top tight ends in the in the NFL
3: Well, Doug, he is. And I think the only reason he hasn't kind of been elevated to that status, and Doug appreciated it when you watch NFL Network or whatever, is because he's missed time. I mean, look at his numbers. If you go back to Dallas Goddard's numbers early in the season, he would have been a 1,000-yard guy. I mean, I I think if you kind of played it all out and he stays healthy the whole year, A.J. Brown probably doesn't break the Eagles' receiving record. And Devontae's numbers are probably closer to, I don't know, 80 catches and 1,100 yards or whatever the numbers are rather than – you know the 95, 96 catchers. It, it's they all. They have three outrageous weapons on this team. That they, they just do, and, and it's why they're so hard to guard. And it, in a way, the Niners and the Eagles are mirror images of each other. I, I, I mean, I, I can't wait for Sunday because that, this is how the Niners are built. You know, they have Iu and they have Samuel and they have Kittle and they have McCaffrey. Like if you tr- focus on one of those guys, someone else will destroy you. And the Eagles are that way too. I mean, you take away one. And there's two other ones that, like, oh, what, how do I stop that guy? That guy, Bill's in Middletown. Hey, Bill. Hey, buddy. What's up, Bill? Hey, I got
2: a question. Why are we consistently considered the underdog? I know we're favored in this game by a couple points. But even in 17, you know, the Eagles couldn't do it. The Eagles couldn't do it. They Now – We're here again. Why don't we get any love from the major media? We're always, everybody, this whole weekend was talking about Josh Allen, you know, Burrow, Mahomes. Why are we always on the back burner? Why is Philadelphia... Always on the back burner,
3: Bill. I think sometimes perception becomes reality for some people. Like the perception is, or at least before this season, that Jalen Hurts is not in the same world as those other quarterbacks. Obviously, we know <laughs> we know that's not true, right? He he has had a, as good of a season as as pretty much any quarterback in the NFL. So, but you, but that is, I think that's the perception. And then the perception was. That those teams are at a higher plane than the Eagles, but that's not the truth. It's it's just not now. They're now they're favorites in the betting market. They're favorite in this game, which they should be at home. Uh, but Bill, I don't know. I mean, I know. I guess the last run was because their quarterback got hurt and Nick Foles was a backup what at that point. But all, this is different.
2: I, I get all that. Yeah, you know, you know, and that's why we put on the underdog mask back in 2017, and you know, everybody considered us the underdog. I feel like everybody still. It feels like we're wearing those underdog
3: masks. Well, I you know, Bill, want, I, I like, like that. I like actually, kind of like it. I, I I like that they can play with a little chip on their shoulder. I, and you know what? I get it. I, I think they'll be under. I think they'll be underdogs in the Super Bowl, Bill. Well, well,
2: no. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we will or will, you know, will or won't be, but.
3: Yeah, I think uh, they will. I, I want respect for Philadelphia. Well, you know what? You'll get it with a parade. That, that's when you get it. Bill, and Bill, we appreciate the phone call. Bill, Bill's out for city respect. Not even the Eagles. Whole city. It's not the Eagles. It's all of us. It's a Philly thing. I, yeah. Isn't that what they say? I it, Well, that, that's what even Joe and her said it on the field to Pam Oliver after the game on, on Saturday. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, Mahomes' uh, high ankle thing situation changes things, and we'll see how the games play out this week. But I know a couple weeks ago... Uh, like without knowing the teams, but but you know you could kind of guess the favorites, the one and two seeds or whatever it's going to be. Um, th- I think the AFC was just like kind of a blind three and a half point favorite over the NFC. Now that will change, clearly based on which teams are in. But I think it's there's a real reasonable thought that the Eagles will, if they get there and they win this game, they're going to be underdogs in the Super Bowl. But I mean, whatever, I mean, Eagles
4: are the favorites to win the Super Bowl right
3: now. Is, do you think that's because they're fa- they're the best like they're looked at as the best team or maybe they have
4: the because they're a bigger favorite in their game? They might so they're plus 230. Bengals are plus 260, Chiefs plus 270, 49ers plus 320. As we sit here on this Monday, we got a long week to go. I'm thinking we're getting Bengals Eagles. But the lowest odds are Chiefs to beat the Eagles at plus 500 and Eagles to beat the Chiefs at plus 500. The home teams. Yeah. I wonder what it'll be in, in a Super Bowl. Chiefs I
3: believe I believe either either AFC team will be favorite. Though maybe the Bengals buy less. Bengals open up what against the Eagles? Two and a half? Two? I can see it be like two and a half, and
4: it gets quickly down to to one and a half. Yeah,
3: it, it, I mean, it feels tight. I mean, I, I mean, that's what Tucker just mentioned. All four of these teams, no one's looked at as like an overwhelming favorite now of the four to win the Super Bowl. 2-1-5, 5-9-2, 94-94. We give out some game balls. I start with the coaches. They were outstanding on Saturday evening against the Giants in a rout. We get back. How about one coach in particular that I know Nick Sirianni wanted to give some credit to? He did it on Saturday. And he did it again today. A guy that, uh, well, he gets criticized a lot. Too much here on WIP. Hear that next. 215-592-9494. Your phone calls, your game balls. The Eagles are one game away. One game away. One win away from the Super Bowl. We'll discuss on Sports Radio 94 WIP.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.